Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Apostle Paul is speaking and saying, For we know that in all things God works for good to those who love him, those whom he has called according to his purpose. For those whom God has already chosen, he also set apart to become like his son, so that the son should be the first among many brothers. And so God called those whom he had set apart. Not only did he call them, but he also put them right with himself. Not only did he put them right with himself, but he also shared his glory with them. Faced with all this, what can we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not even keep back his own son, but offered him for us all. He gave us his son. Will he not also freely give us all things? Who will accuse God's chosen people? God himself declared them not guilty. Can anyone then condemn them? Christ Jesus is the one who died, rather, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God. He pleads with God for us. Who then can separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble do it? Or hardship? Or persecution? Or hunger? Poverty? Or danger? Or death? As the scripture says, for your your sake, we are in danger of death the whole day long. We are treated like sheep that are going to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we have complete victory through him who loved us. For I am certain that nothing can separate us from the love, from his love, neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor heavenly rulers, nor powers, neither the present nor the future, neither the world above or the world below. There is nothing in all creation that will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. God help us to understand what he's saying to us. As we think together this morning, keep in mind the last part of that 30th verse, where it simply says, he shared his glory with us. He shared his glory with us. And folks, that means right now. I want to be me. Or I want to be free, whichever way it's more appealing to you. Of course, if you're really what God has intended for you to be and you've reached that place, I want to tell you right now, you're not only me, but you're also free. There was that song out not too long ago, a very modern one, popular one, had its day. I want to be me. That's about all I remember about it. The rest of the message, I guess you can forget or never had one to start with. But this is what we want to talk about uh, for a little while this morning. I was talking to a friend not too long ago. In fact, this past week, and I asked him how he was doing. And he said, I want you to know, preacher, this sinful saint has it together today. The Lord said, come in, and I understood what he was saying. And I want you to know that I'm living on the other side of the track where it is abundant life. And I thought about that for a while. And isn't that wonderful? Have you ever had that kind of a feeling that, that you know, this, you know, this is the day. This, this is the way the Lord intended it. This is I'm the right place, the right time. 
And this is the way that it is. Now, folks, if you have not had that feeling lately, that's tragic. And that is tragic, sure enough, because the intent of God is, is for you to have life and to have it more abundantly, totally, completely, 100%. Not 99, 100%. Now, if you've got your Bible with you this morning, I want you to turn into the scripture that I read. I want to call just two or three things to your attention before we get on with the rest of what we want to think about. But this is going to be the most important right here if it's understood. Now, do you really believe this 28th verse where it says, For we know that in all things God works together for good to those that love him. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe the worst thing that has ever happened to you in life, uh, that that right smack in the midst of it stands God? Well, that's what we're talking about. That is whether you see, whether you sense it, whether you feel it or not, makes little difference. The fact is, that's the way it really is. Now, we only want to connect God sometimes with the wonderful things that happen to us. But, folks, I want you to know that this scripture tells me that God is in the midst of everything that happens to you, both good and bad. He is right there working with it for your good. Now, you may not realize it. You may not sense it. Uh, but you see, thank God, the realities of his word and the reality of who he is and what he is and the way he does it doesn't rest upon the way we feel. Now, it's wonderful and we feel good about it, but it doesn't rest upon that, you see. It doesn't make any difference how you feel. That doesn't change the truth, you see. We know. Well, do we know it? I hope you do. Now, notice that 30th verse. So God called those whom he set apart. Now, isn't that an interesting statement? God called those whom he set apart before you were called into existence. God has already set you apart. Everyone that is here this morning, you're here because God has put it in your heart and your soul for you to respond to him. You have the thought in your mind. And then you have responded to that which has come to you. It's interesting to note that at least Paul thought uh, that God had called us and set us apart even before he created us. A man here not too long ago ordered a special made truck. I say special made, he wanted a certain kind of motor in it and a certain kind of springs on it, heavy duty spring. Before that truck was made, he had dealt with a company and they had set it apart for him. Now we understand what he's talking about. We understand what Paul is talking about. Set apart before he's created. Set apart for him. Now, notice the other part of that. God called those whom he had set apart. Not only did he call them, but he also put them right with himself. Oh, thank God for that statement. It's not that we put ourselves right with God. No, no, no. This Bible is not man's reach up to God. It is God's word reaching down to us. You see, put them right with himself. God acted through the Lord Jesus Christ and put man right with him. You are right with God because God made it possible through the Lord Jesus Christ for you to be made right with him. God always acts first. To do what? So that he might share his glory 
with them. Oh, my. What is he talking about? Well, I don't know, really. I has not seen or heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. That's what Paul said. Those things that God has prepared for those who love him. And I want you to know I can dream great dreams and have great visions of wonderful, beautiful, fantastic things. We're going to watch spring come with it in all of its, its glory to live again. And it's going to be beautiful. And it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be fantastic. And that pales into insignificance in relation to what God has prepared for you to share with him his glory. When? When you die. Not on your life, friends. Not on your life. Right now, at this very hour, at this very day. Now, it is complete. In all these things, we have complete victory. In living, we have complete victory. You are not put out here as sheep to the slaughter. You're not an animal out here on a hill waiting to be offered up or to be sacrificed. That's not the way that it is, you see. For I am certain that nothing, 38th verse, nothing can separate us from, from his love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor other heavenly rulers, or powers, neither the present nor the future. Neither the world above, nor the world below. There is nothing in all creation that will be able to separate us from the love of God which is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I think if old Paul, at that time, if he were a Methodist, he'd been shouting about that time. He must have been a Baptist, I'm not sure. But here is the shouting time. God has done all of this. He has even given to us his son. What more can God do for you than he's already done? In order that you might live today, right now, and to reach the fulfillment of your life, and to know that you're living it. The tragedy of it is uh, that we realize today that we had something wonderful yesterday and didn't have sense enough to realize it. That's tragic. You and I don't ever have to come to that place because we can realize today that we have something in God that makes it possible for us to live completely and totally today and appreciate it. And respond to it. And make the most of it. But there's only one little thing that clouds the picture. Only one. Nothing in all God's creation can cause you any disturbance here at all. There's only one that can. That's you. And you see, Paul didn't put uh, you in the picture. You see, I am the only one. Not my wife. Not my husband. Not my kids. Now my family can file this relationship between me and my God. No one can. There's no power upon the face of this earth. The Jewish people, you know, had a concept there was two powers. One above the earth and one below. Well, nothing below or above. No angel, no heavenly body. Nothing can file this relationship. There's only one that can. I am the only one that can file this relationship between me and my God. Now, those of you who have been listening and been participating in the in the uh, this series of film that we have here by Dr. Dodson, what a fantastic uh, program that has been! Last Sunday he was preaching like a Hebrew prophet, and he had two or three things that he said would really cause you problems if you did not to take care of them. And I want to emphasize <clears throat> this right now. Got my own. Taken from right here from the scriptures, there's 
There's an attitude that you can have toward God and toward life that can foul your relationship up with God just as it will every other living human being here on the face of this earth. And quickly, I want to mention just three. After you took all the fancy stuff away from every problem that you can have and all the difficulties that can come to a human being, you get right back down to the heart of the situation. I want to tell you, I don't care who you are and where you are in life, that you strip it all away, and these three are going to be the prongs from which you find your dilemma, unless you have accepted them. Number one, your appearance. Are you happy with the way that you look? If you are, you're a rare bird indeed. And if you really are happy with the way you look this morning, completely and totally, you've just destroyed this sermon. Just forget it. You, <laughs> you can just get up and go home. But you see, the cosmetic industry is one of our greatest. And they're counting on the fact that when you wake up and look in the mirror, you're going to be horrified at what you see, and you're going to try to do something about it. You're going to buy their product, and you're going to buy their product you're, in order to camouflage it, to change it. To, you know, cover it up. Every once in a while you find a rare individual who looks so well, they use a little just to, uh, to accentuate what uh, they feel that is so wonderful about them. But you see, and I'm not against this, I'm 100% in favor of you doing everything that you possibly can to make it easy for someone else to look at you. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, but you see, we come to the place where it can be devastating to us. Have you really accepted what God created when he created you? Or is it something that you have tucked away and in your mind, so to speak, and you will not come to the place of where you will really come to grips with, with who you are and what you are? I read this, or I found it again, and I found where they had took a poll of 12 that we had. And each of them had from 4 to 12 changes that they would have made in the way that they looked. And I thought about, well, there's no hope for me, you know, there's just no hope. If all these glamorous people, they, as they, you know, at the top of our bracket within our society, if they had that much they'd want to change, I just might as well forget it, you know, and go on with the business of, of where we will accept uh, the way that we, we look. Now, folk, at one level, that seems to be such an innocent type of thing. But if you look a little deeper, it's the most insidious thing that can lay hold of your soul. And I want you to know, the rejection of yourself, there is a very nasty spiritual problem that comes with it. If you're not careful what you're doing, you're rejecting what God has created. Now listen. It can be that you have arrived at the place or you've always been there. You're really rejecting what God created. And I want to tell you something. It's like a lady that lived in a home for 25 years before she finally convinced her husband to move in to buy another home. And she said, I have never liked this house since I moved into it. I've, I've hated it. Well, how can you be happy living like that? And I want to tell you, your soul will never be free. I don't care whatever else you have. Your soul will never be liberated. The way that God intended for it to be until you come to the place where you accept what God has created. You accept the house in which this soul is housed. Now it's an impossibility to be free and to truly to be you as long as you reject what God has, has created. The sickest people I know 
in my lifetime, still true today, I found that when I came on the scene, it hasn't changed one bit. The sickest people I know is, are those people who refuse to accept their body as the male and female that God created to be. Male and female created he them, according to creation. And when he looked at his creation, the old King James Version has that the word uh, translated, that Hebrew word translated uh, good. It shouldn't have been good. It's something more profound than that. It should have been translated more readily. It should have been translated. Uh, that's beautiful. That is perfection. God is speaking. He said after he, he created male and female, created them. And when he looked at his creation, he said that's precisely what I wanted. And that's before he put on the designer's jeans. <laughs> Just a fig leaf, you know. That. Do you see what I'm trying to say this morning? When God he knew precisely what he was doing, and he acted upon his knowledge, and, and you and I are the end product of his, of his wisdom and his creating ability and power. And folk, unless we really come to the place where we accept that, there is really no hope for us to ever have these souls of ours liberated. Oh, quickly now. Come to the second one. Talents. The ability and capability that God has given to you. Have you really accepted your ability and capability? Or do you also reject and deny those talents that God has given to you? And do you sit around looking at someone else and saying, oh my, what I would do if I just had that ability and that capability. My, what I would do if I could only say my God. Oh my, I'd be able to really be a preacher. <laughs> oh, I really would. You know, you see, I'll never be the preacher that John, I'm envious of John in a sense, you see, because he is the man in the Old Testament was the great preacher. He goes into a town where he didn't want to go to start with because he couldn't take up an offering. And he goes to this town, Nineveh, and has only one sermon, and he preaches that sermon all day long into the night, and everybody in town repented. That's good preaching, you know. Everybody, even they said, one of the writers I read said, even the cows took on the look of, of, of being uh, repentant in the field, you know. Well, I don't know about that, but, but oh my. Here is, here is this, uh, this Jonah out here, and he doesn't care about people, but he's really at heart, but he really, he really is a great preacher, you know. And then you hear Hosea, the man with a heart of love. Oh, my, how he loved his people and gave a demonstration of that love. And what a great preacher he was. I he was saying that. Because God didn't give me that fucking capability. But that doesn't mean that I don't have, and that excuses me of a response to make to my God. Whatever it is, it's locked in his hand. Whatever, whatever harvest comes, it's going to be he is the one that's going to do it. That's the way that it is. I feel sort of like Jeremiah. The Lord called him to preach and told him before he started preaching, nobody's going to pay attention to you anyway. <laughs> you know, that's a hard way to go. That's a hard way. It doesn't excuse you to train yourself 
and to hone those talents and abilities and capabilities that God has given to you. And that's the only way that you're going to come to the fullness of life. And I don't care how long you sit and look at someone else and say, I wish I could be like this. You'll never be what God intended for you to be. What a tragedy. God's intent is to share his glory with you today. It's the intent of God that you have complete, total life today, that you live an abundant life today. Not that you have to arrive today and look back on yesterday and say, I had it yesterday, but I don't have it today, that you know you got it today, right now. There's another thing that can foul it up. No power upon the face of the earth, Ken, it's locked within you, okay? And that is the acceptance of your family. How many of us reject our family? Do you think God made a mistake? He didn't counsel with you. He didn't counsel with me. Uh, when he created me and gave to me a family and placed me in a family of 11 kids. I always used to look down the streets, down the streets, my foot, down a rock road. <laughs> a family where there's only three, a man, and his wife, father and mother, and a son. I thought, well, I'd like to belong to that family. Only two of us, you know. We could get along pretty good. But, but five brothers and five sisters? Man, that's a fighting all time. <laughs> Till we come to the place. Now, we don't have to approve of what they do. But coming to the place to see that God in his infinite wisdom has chosen for you this family. Friends, I know it's a pit of my soul before even Paul told me about it here. I didn't know it was written in the scripture. But I knew that deep within my soul, that it was in God's wisdom that he placed me and the family that he did. But let me, my soul know that God knew that here is where I needed to be, precisely where he wanted me to be, and for me to make my contribution to life and find the fullness of it right here, right at this place. And folks, the scripture's full. I would have you to love your brother or sister that you know how in the world can you be a part of the kingdom of God and love in a greater capacity? Your ability and capability to love will be impaired if you come to the place or you're at this place fair. You're at odds with your family. My friends, if I was at odds with a brother or sister physically and the family are in the church where I have animosity to a degree, I wouldn't let the sun go down. Before I begin to deal with it. Because it'll foul my relationship between me and my God. Three of them. Your looks, your talents, and your family. Deal with those basic three things and straighten it out. And I want to tell you there will come to you such a joy and peace that you will think that you have been recreated. Or you will come to the place where you know that you have been born again. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.